0: Welcome to the Instant Cast, Bucks fans. I am Brent Allen, your host, coming to you right after the game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Arizona. Cardinals uh this is an instant cast episode if you're not familiar with what that is bas- basically this is uh it's just a, it's a short episode uh this is not our main episode that we'll do throughout the week and uh this is where you know we've not really listened to any of the press conferences we've not analyzed the box scores we've not looked at the numbers yet we've not done any of that this is just coming out of the game uh, thoughts and feelings uh coming out and wow bucks fans uh, that was an ugly game. That was such, Oh my God. It, it was, it was not, I I don't, I don't have words. I literally do not have words to describe this game. I mean, I I thought it started off. Okay. You know that, I mean that first quarter, you know, it was kind of back and forth. No one was really getting up on anyone else. We were handling our business. So were they. And uh, then the second quarter came and the whole game just went to hell. Uh, I, I, I mean, there's not really much to say. Something like this, uh, 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 yeah. I I don't know. I I'm at a loss for words. I mean, does this mean that the Bucks are are back to their old ways? Well, no. Uh, does this mean that we suck again? Well, no. Does this mean that the season is already a waste? No. Are we looking at a top ten pick for next year? No. Does this mean it's time to find a, a, a new head coach? Hell no. This is not one of those times to fire the coach, people. And if you if you need a, a refresher on that, go back to episode three here of the Pewtercast. It was called a fans-only meeting where we actually detailed the top five reasons to fire a dirt cutter immediately. It's not what you're thinking. Go listen to it. Find out what I mean when I say that. It's not what you're thinking. But this is not one of those times. It's not one of those times to fire the coach at all. Listen guys, here's the deal. Everyone. And I mean, everyone had this one down as a win for the Cardinals. We, uh, I don't think too many, not too many people really thought that the bucks were going to pull this one out. Even, even someone like me, me who, you know, hope springs eternal. And, and I, I went on record and I said it, I tweeted it out before the game. Um, it, and 75% Seventy five percent of you who voted in a poll joined me in this, saying that that the Bucks really were going to win this game. And what I said was, there is not a game on our schedule this year that we can't win. And I stick by it. I even right now in in the in the midst of this of this just bloodbath that we came through, I still stand by it. We can win the Rams game. I think we can win the Cardinals game coming up. I think we can win the Super Bowl, uh, the the, the Broncos, the Super Bowl winners. Do you guys realize that here in in just two weeks, we are going to be facing back-to-back weeks, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl this last year? Back-to-back weeks. So, guys, what do we do? What do we do with it? Now, here's the thing. Everyone thought that the Cardinals were going to win this. I, I, nobody, I think, thought it was going to be this lopsided, though. I know I didn't. You know, I, I thought if the Cardinals would pull it out, okay, fine. But we would have at least gone out and competed. We did not compete tonight. And I, I got to tell you guys, I'm having a hard time processing this. I, I mean, uh, okay, so on the one hand, there was injuries. And we, sus- we sustained some substantial injuries tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, Doug Martin, Luke Stalker, Robert Ayers. Uh, I feel like there was a fourth one um, that was pretty significant. I don't remember who it was, but, uh, but I mean, just those three guys. Okay. Let's look at those three. They're all three huge players. They're playmakers. They set the tone when they're on the field, but guys, we can't blame this on injuries. I mean, the, the team has to bounce back. We have to bounce back. You know, a person goes down, it's next man up. That's the type of game we're in. And and okay, so let so let's get into it. All right, let, let's talk about the game a little bit. Let's talk about some specifics. Uh we'll start where we always start, which is with Jameis. Um Jameis was off all night. I mean, I don't know what was up with him, but he was. I mean, even in the first quarter where I kind of said, hey, things were kind of cool then, he was still off. Uh, he, you know, with the exception of a handful of beautiful passes, he just couldn't put the ball where he needed to the whole night. And that's further evidenced by, what was it, four interceptions? Maybe five if you count that one at the very end. I don't know. I lost count. You know, now, and I had this as a note that that I took, you know, he keeps talking about in his press conferences that he has to give his receivers chances. He's got to put the ball up and give them an opportunity to make a play. And maybe that's what he was doing all night. You know, maybe he was giving Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson and, and Adam Humphreys, uh, sure, they're in the middle of, of a lot of coverage, but he's giving them an opportunity to make a play. And you could say that it was the uh, the receivers who didn't do their jobs. And and that certainly is true on several plays. But there were times when Jameis' throw was just, it was off. It was way over their heads. It was underthrown. It was any, wasn't even thrown to the right place, almost as if, he was expecting them to make a cut and move to this other part of the field or just d- different things. I don't know. He was just off. Jameis was just off. And, hey, listen, you know what? People are going to have off nights. You know, they, they are. They're just going to have off nights. You know, there there was at one point he kept going to Vincent Jackson and Evans all night. lots of There's a lot of passing plays in this game, not a lot of running plays. They shut down our running game. Shut it down. Shut it down down. We we have yet, do you guys realize this? And I I've, I've been saying this. Um I've been saying this since the preseason. We have yet to get our running game really established this year. Like our offensive line I I don't know if they're just not opening up the holes that they need to or if if Doug Martin and Charles Sims aren't hitting the holes as hard as they need to or if other teams have figured it out. I I I don't know. I I I've not been able to fully diagnose that just yet and figure out what's going on. But um, we've not been able to get our running game fully established. So as such, we're, we're throwing. And, you know, it's basically Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, sometimes Adam Humphreys, sometimes our tight ends. And that's what we got. Evans was shut down all night by Patrick Patterson. Pat P, as they call him. I mean I mean Pat P was on Evans all night and basically just took Evans out of the game. I mean, with the exception of the single touchdown we got the entire game, Evans was out of the he was out of the game the whole game. So why keep throwing to Evans if Pat P is on him all night? Oh yeah, because it's Mike Evans. Mike Evans is supposed to be able to make some plays. He is supposed to be an elite receiver. And and I think there was a part of Jameis that was trying to give Mike Evans a chance to do that, and he showed it to us in one game. He he gave us or a, a, a one one particular play, and it resulted in a touchdown. I mean, that's the Mike Evans that we all know. That's the Mike Evans that we all love. So you know, I, I say on the one hand, good on Jameis for giving his guys an opportunity, but you know, here is the thing: I didn't see Jameis doing. Okay, there comes a point when stuff's not working. And the leader has to put his team on the back and on his back and carry them through, and that just wasn't something I saw Jameis doing tonight. Now there were a few flashes of that, Um, you know, there are a few times when he would have taken off running. Did you guys notice Jameis didn't run too much in this particular game? I mean, I think there was one play maybe where he ran, where he scrambled. Um, You know, I, I I don't know. It's it's just not what I. I just never saw Jameis really putting us on his back. He was struggling, and I'm going to use that word. I'm not going to even say he was off. He was just struggling, and I don't know what it was. Uh, You know, I I don't know. I don't know. Overall, it was just an inaccurate day for Jameis. An inaccurate day. All right. Now we have to talk about this, and I'm gonna talk about this a lot more in detail on the main episode, but I have to just because the the guys on TV wouldn't shut up about it. And I got on Twitter and I've seen half of you, including the media people, already blown up about it, talking about why not take Jameis out of the game? It's forty to seven. We're not winning. Why not take Jameis out of the game? (sighs) Listen, guys, let me ask you a question. Have you have you met Jameis? and I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking personally. I mean, like, have you, have you actually watched this kid that we call the face of our franchise? Do you think for an instant Jameis was going to come out of that game? Like even if coach had told him to sit down and coach probably could have forced him to do it, but I don't think that's a battle that coach wanted to fight, but I don't think Jameis was going to come out of that game. I I don't think you could have gotten him out of that game. And you know what? That's the kind of guy I want under center. That's the kind of guy and that's why we didn't take him out, you know, and if he would have gotten hurt, that would have sucked. I mean that, I mean that, oh my gosh, that would have just been horrible. And, and, you know, after that point when the announcer said, oh, I don't know why Cutter's leaving in the game. They might as well have just kept the cameras on Jameis because they don't, we didn't care if, if a pass was being completed at that point. We were just looking to see if Jameis was getting getting hurt. You guys were doing it. I was doing it too. That's how those announcers affected us. That's how those announcers affected the directors and the guys back in the truck because that's how they were shooting the game. But guys, listen here. In the end, it was, it was a call. It was a decision between Cutter and Jameis, and I don't even think they had to talk about it. I think they were just in agreement on it, and and honestly, the rest of us can shove it, regardless of what we think. You know, and here's the thing: I I I think we're right. I think everyone would be right to say that Jameis should have been taken out of the game. It's it's too big of a risk. I think Cutter would it would would agree with that. I think Jameis, on some level, would agree with that. I really do. But there's a there's a heart that there's something more than just the logical thing to do in that particular moment. And I think it was important for Jameis to be out there. So I don't I don't fault him for it. Um I think if I was in Cutter's place, I would have taken Jameis out. Uh I I just being honest, I think I probably would have uh or at least I would have talked to Jameis about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get off of Jameis. Uh let's talk about some people who did show up tonight. All right. Thought uh, Adam Humphreys had a good night. Um, you know, he seemed to get some good yardage. I'll be interested to see what his numbers actually came out at uh, when I get a chance to look at that. He made some catches. There, were, he just he just popped up on my radar several times as I was watching. I also thought the tight ends showed up, much like Adam Humphreys. They just showed up. You know, Cameron Bray, ASJ, were repeatedly in there. They were repeatedly on plays that worked. So. We had that. Uh, the offensive line, uh, I kind of mentioned this a minute ago, pass protection I thought was generally pretty good until the third quarter when I don't know if they were just gassed out or if just their heart had been trampled on. I don't know. Run blocking still needs work. Yeah, and and uh, we just, we've just we got to figure out how to get our running game established. We've not figured that out this year as a team. We didn't do it great in Atlanta. We certainly didn't do it great. Um, I, I'd say this. We do better in no huddle. And I wish we would have utilized that more throughout the game. And if I was in the media room and I could ask Dirk Cutter one question, it would be, why did we not use no huddle more since it seems to work so well? Like I'd want to know what his thought process was behind that. I, I'm not leading. I'm not trying to say, Oh, Dirk Cutter, you should have done this. No, like that's an actual question. Like, Hey, you're a coach. I'm not. Why wouldn't we go to no huddle? It seems to work. Can you help educate me on that? Um, that would be the question that I would have. Uh, Greg Allman, by the way, you're in those rooms with Dirk Cutter. If you're listening to this, could you ask him that question for me? I'd really appreciate it. Um, and, and I'll say this. I, I thought the only time that we really seemed to do well in the game, and I believe it was in around the third quarter, was um when we overloaded the line with split tight ends or even triple tight ends. And you know, I talked about this back in in, in last week's episode. I said uh, it, watching the Arizona game from last week where they faced the Patriots, that was when the Patriots seemed to get a hold of the the Cardinals. That's when when they overloaded the offensive line with all these extra people, it it forced Arizona to do stuff that they don't normally want to do and New England was able to take advantage of it, and I thought we did better and we did well against Arizona when we had overloaded our line against their defense. So, so there's that. Uh, speaking of defense, uh, let's talk about them for a minute. Um, again, you know, I thought that first quarter we did pretty good. Yeah, Gerald McCoy was really close to a sack. Uh, Will Golston showed up on a big play. Um, you know, it seemed like we were stopping the run okay, but we just could never really get a hold of stopping the pass. Uh, I thought Brent Grimes um man his height really hurt him tonight. I mean he just he just looked so short out there next to whoever it was that he was what was it Larry Fitzgerald on a lot of those, right? Um just looked so short and and he just he looked like he couldn't keep up keep up with anybody. Uh it, he was just slow and that doesn't seem to be like the Brent Grimes that I have seen in training camp and in you know OTAs way back at the beginning of the summer or um, you know, uh, yeah, training camp and, and preseason and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know what was going on there. Um, I thought Quan struggled tonight, you know, and here's a guy who had 17 tackles. I'd be interested to see how many he had tonight. Once those numbers come out, it's 17 last week, 15 on his own and two assists. Um, I mean, there was even a time when, when he went in for a tackle and the dude just sidestepped him and swatted him in the helmet. Yeah, Chris Conte missed a few key tackles, including at least one for a touchdown that I remember very clearly off the top of my head. And last week, Chris Conte is the guy who stopped two touchdowns with tackles. Yeah, he had two touchdown saving tackles, but just missed them tonight. And there was a point I saw him even kind of hitting himself in the head, hitting himself on the helmet. Uh, Hargraves, I thought showed up, um, but I think the big guy tonight was Noah Spence recording his first ever career NFL sack. And granted that was just one play, but Hey, I mean, Robert Ayers got injured. Noah, Noah spent steps in and kind of holds his own and gets a sack. Awesome. Uh, overall about the defense, they just didn't swarm. Uh, they just, they, they didn't swarm to the ball. Remember last week, it just seemed like they were, as soon as the ball came out of Matt Ryan's hands, they were there. They were swarming. That did not happen. I don't, it, it it's like, it's like somebody came in and blew smoke on a beehive. And just slowed everybody down and they just couldn't do it. Maybe the Cardinals were just that prepared for them and knew how to defeat the defense. You know? Um and, and I've been saying this, you know, the defense needs to step up and score. And they if they're gonna win the defense, you know, I hey, hate Arizona, their defense scored tonight. I think the defense needs to step up and score, but it's really hard to step up and score points when you're still trying to figure out how to do your job, when you're just trying to get the basics of what you're trying to do down. So uh it, but I'll say this be on the lookout, Bucks fans. If our defense starts scoring points, you know that's that's gonna be a good day because that'll tell you something about where we are as a defense with with Mike Smith coming in. Uh special teams, you know, just two things really to talk about. Brian Enger, he had a couple of really nice punts. Uh, nothing new there. That's just Brian Inger. He's been consistent. Are we ready to start naming him Mister Consistent? Probably not after two games. But he was just consistent. Roberto Aguayo. Now he has missed his first, his first official NFL kick. hashtag I'm still with nineteen. I'm still, that. I'm still glad he's our kicker. You know. Now here's what I want to know, and this is kind of what I'm watching for. Where's the outcry? I mean, did we get it out of our system during the preseason so we don't care anymore? I kind of hope so. I really, really hope so. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Roberto Aguayo has now officially missed his first NFL kick. And you know what? There was a lot of missed kicks tonight, and we weren't the only ones. I mean, the Cardinals missed like two or three. Um, And it makes me wonder if there's just something different there about that stadium. Um, It's a dome, so maybe the air or... Hey, maybe the field slanted. I don't know. Maybe gravity just has a weird thing there. or It's a loop in the space time continuum, or I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a fluke. It probably was. So I guess that's it guys. I mean, you know, here's the thing in the end last week and this week, it's kind of like we're watching two very different teams. It's like a tale of two teams between last week and this week. It's hard to judge any one individual this week because it was really just a complete team breakdown. Um, you know, I, I'll say this: we certainly looked a lot more like the Bucks of recent history than the Bucks of a new, the culture has changed, organization that we've really come to believe in. But I'll say this, Bucks fans: this was one night. It was one game, and now the question for the organization. And now the question for any organization, but for our organization, one that's in the process of changing its culture, is how do we come back? Everyone gets defeats from time to time. Sometimes they're really, really close, and sometimes they're really, really lopsided like tonight. The question is, do we let it keep us down and never recover, or do we recover? You know, we've talked about this before, that That the Bucks seem to have a hard time recovering from bad plays. You know, and usually we're just talking about a bad play. You know, it's a missed kick or it's an interception or uh, something that just happens to swing the momentum of a game in the other team's favor and, and Tampa Bay, for whatever reason, crumbles and never gets gets it back. And I don't think that happened. I don't think you can go back and say, oh, it was this one interception or it was this one play that the whole game swung on, that the whole momentum of the game swung on. I don't think that was the deal tonight. But this could be the game where the momentum of the seasons shifts and we never recover. And I don't think that's going to be the case, but I, I think this is its something this team has to learn how to do is how to recover. And it'll be a theme for this year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not just what winning a game. It's actually, this is the scope of the entire season. So, uh, here's what I'll say. Buck fans don't get down on the team, you know, stick with them. Rome wasn't built in a day. This is a marathon, not a sprint, uh, and it's really okay to be disappointed. It's really okay. Let's not go out there and blast them though, guys. You know, well, listen, I'm not, we're not here to blow smoke up people's butts. All right. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to put the rose colored glasses on everything. That's not it. Listen, be, be angry, be pissed off, be disappointed, be sad, be numb if that's what you are. But you know what? Sunday's coming around again. LA's coming to town people. And, uh, We got to get in with them. Hey, listen, listen to the radio, uh, the radio shows this week. You know, the bucks are on, um, every night, Monday through Friday. I believe it is at least Monday through Thursday. I think they've got Quan on a show this year. Robert Ayers is on a show this year. The, by the, my favorite one, if you guys didn't listen to my favorite one was the one with, um, Ali Marpet and Donovan Smith. And I think that's a weekly feature is going to be those two guys. That is a hilarious show. You guys should all tune in and listen to that. Make sure you listen to all the other bucks bucks podcasts out there. Fans um stick with them you know yeah this sucked this sucks and there's no way around it and that's and and that's okay but we don't have to stay here all right we don't we we really next sunday's coming we got to have short memories we got to move on all right guys well that's going to wrap it up for this instant cast uh be on the lookout for our main show this coming week we've got a brand new special guest coming in i can't wait to reveal who that is so you guys can uh be looking forward to that in the meantime, drop me a line and let me know what you thought of the game. Uh, you can shoot that over to me at theputercast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter or Facebook at theputercast on either one. Until next time, guys, go Bucks.